0: the crisis where we explore what the future may hold and most importantly how we can actually use this crisis that we're all living through here in 2020 to accelerate our progress in life in work and with our finances as well i'm really happy today to have as our guest michael alasso michael is a professional theater and film director he's a top-rated speaker but really he's a master communicator and an inspiration on living with intention and upgrading your communication. So I'm interested to talk to Michael today to learn about how we can make our days better, how we can communic- or improve our communication skills and still bring our A game to both work and our home lives during everything that we're going through here this year. So with that, welcome Michael.
1: Isaac's really cool. He proves what nice is. That's why I am here to go beyond the crisis. Hey, Isaac. How are you, man?
0: (laughs) Hey. Fantastic uh, intro. You're known for your intro. So, well done again. Mucha gracia.
1: Are you in Oregon today?
0: I'm in Oregon. We're having a bright summer day, which is the best part of living in Oregon is the summers here in the Northwest.
1: It's beautiful. I love, I love Oregon all the time. Lucky you.
0: Yes, it's, it's, it's lovely. Um, I wanted to start, Michael again, thanks for joining us. Um, I wanted to start, you've been doing daily messages, I think for a long time, but now you're distributing them a bit more broadly than you have in the past. And today's was, was really good. And it was a focus on, uh, not so much looking or living in the past, but looking forward to the future. You know, we're all in this period, the crisis this year has been going on for what six months now, and it's it's starting to drag on. And there's a lot that's out of our control. And so I think this framing that you have of what's done is done. You can't change the past, but looking forward to the future is an excellent place to start. So maybe you could just uh, expand on on the daily message that you shared today. Sure,
1: Isaac. You now have the 35 secret weapons to help you be you in your best day. Secret weapon number 23 is this sentence. What often happens is that I'm talking to you right now, but I worry about, oh, did I wear the right shirt today? Um, what, did I, what did I leave in the kitchen? Uh, oh, Did I mess up in that meeting before? And so sometimes what I forget is to honor you in this moment right now. And the COVID thing has been debilitating for many of us. For me, uh, it's, it's been a big deal. I've been locked down since March 13th. I haven't flown since March 11th. And I make my living from flying all over the world doing keynotes. So I had to reinvent myself. So I could, and when I'm on my bad day, I do sit and fret and say, oh, man, when is this thing gonna be over? Why didn't I do this? Or gee, if I had planned that ahead of time. When I'm on my great day, I enjoy being with Isaac. I live in this moment, and this moment is gonna inform the future. So the future is really formed by how I'm living this moment right now, how I honor you, how I respect you in this moment, and that's gonna empower me to go to the future. Doesn't mean we disrespect the past, but if I perseverate on the past, I'm going to miss the opportunity of making a difference in your life right now, and where we may go together in the future.
0: Yeah, yeah. That focus on intention is something that I really appreciate about everything that you do. You know that intentionality is is there throughout. One of my favorite quotes, and I know you you love quotes. You have some of your favorite quotes, but one of my favorite quotes is Annie Dillard, who says, "How we spend our days is, of course, how we spend our lives." And I think you you really. Um, embody that of, of living every day. But I want you maybe to talk a little bit about this, this power of intention and why does anything we do today actually matter? You know, it's just, it's just one day, right? Uh, why is every day so important to you? It depends on what
1: your super objective is, Isaac, right? Because you, you use the word intention in theater we use the word objective and they're somewhat synonymous. So if I were to coach you in a scene right now, with your partner, I'd say, okay, uh, Isaac, what's your objective in this scene? It means what do you want the other person to do at the end of the scene? So my objective today is to fill your thousands of listeners with a couple of ways to upgrade the way they communicate and lead on a daily basis. That's my objective. So that determines everything that I'm gonna do in this limited amount of time we have together. And anything that doesn't fulfill that objective, I delete. So if you annoy me, if you trigger me, rather than getting angry with you, is that gonna help everybody to walk away from, the, to the, from this meeting with a minimum of two ways to upgrade the way they communicate and lead? No. So we call that objective. What you're asking about is actually more sophisticated and cooler in a way. What you're talking about is super objective. So my objective is to make sure every one of your listeners leaves this meeting with a minimum of two ways to upgrade the way they communicate and lead. My super objective is what I want on my gravestone. And that is, I can tell you what mine is. Mine is that I want every single human being I meet to be better because they met me today. And so that's the person who's stocking the cans at the grocery store. That's my wife, my kids. That's the barista at Starbucks. That's the group that I just finished before I met with you today, the group in L.A. that I worked with today. It's every single interaction, bar none. This human being is going to be better as a result of having met me today. And we call that super objective. And it's great how you use the word intention, Isaac. It's filled with nuance because 99% of what I do in a day is intentional. I I intentionally chose this shirt. I intentionally chose that picture behind me. I intentionally chose the lighting. It's intentional. In order to be authentic, which I think is the most important thing you can be, is authentic, you have to be intentional. So if you tell me that your that Beckham Nash, you're a newborn, Beckham who the fourth of your brood of kids that are grow up to look like Isaac, if If you tell me he is super important to you and how you and your wife connect over his birth, and when you finish this interview with me, you go check your emails, then you check your snail mail, go get a snack, and then 45 minutes after that, go check check in on Beckham and your wife, I'm gonna say to you either you're lying to me about who your authentic self is, or with intentionality, you must choose the behavior that defines your authentic self. And that's exhausting. That's a lot to do in a day, but wham, wham, wham. George W. Bush said, no one wants to hear the president say, oh, woe is me. We're all big shots. So yeah, we chalk it full of energy and intention.
0: Yeah, that's great. There, there's so much there. And I'm, um, I wanna dig into two things there. So. One is just the hard work that we have to do every day to be authentic. You know, if we really care about specific things, um, you know, that's hard work, like you're saying, uh, to focus in those areas and actually take the actions that align with that. But I want to back up to the super objective layer. You're very clear on what your super objective is. And I can say um, we've interacted a couple of times and you're being authentic in that super objective. I've, I've seen you live that out and make the difference in, in people's life. So um, you're very true to that. How did you a- arrive at that? You know, you've been consistent with that super objective as long as I've known you. How did you arrive at that? And is there a process? Like myself, I'm pretty intentional with my days. I know what I wanna get done. I know the outcomes that I want, but I could not tell you in two sentences what I want on my tombstone. Um, this super objective that you have. So how did you arrive at that? And is there a a process or a way that people should think about on getting more clear about that super objective so that they can align their days in that direction?
1: Profound question. We're, We're all kind of an intricate machine. We've been created, God created us in a certain way. And then we all live that out. A lot of it's defined by our parents. Think about my background, Isaac. My grandparents were all born in Italy. Um, They came to this country looking for a dream. My parents were both born here, but they both have older siblings that were not born here. Um, Neither of my parents graduated from high school. They were both, my dad tells this great story, Isaac, where he was in the beginning of 10th grade. He had his football uniform on at football practice. And his dad showed up in football practice and said, get home, we we need help on the farm. My grandfather was a farmer, said, you can't be here. Get home, we got work to do. My dad dropped out of school that day and worked on the farm. Now, both my parents are two of the smartest people I ever met in my life. Both of them were deeply grateful of everything that they had. And both of them cared deeply about assimilating to be Americans. They wanted to be proud Americans. And they wanted us to have everything that they couldn't have. And so I watched that. And remember, I'm in the middle of three boys. So you you threw everything off. Beckham Nash, you know, you should have stopped at three, because then it's clear, you know, because then your second born, I totally could identify with and we could bond. What happens is both my brothers are super big jocks. And I was this kind of scrawny, intellectual, skinny guy in the middle. So I observed behavior growing up with my dad's fireman buddies. My dad was a firefighter and my brother's jock buddies coming into the house. And so I learned to observe behavior. So I think if I had to attribute one reason that helped me define who I am it was through observing the things that I admired and respected in people and the things I didn't. And that I knew what I respected the most was when people valued other people. I knew as a kid that I thought bullying was bad because it showed disrespect and indignity to other people and that I valued people who looked at me and thought they could make a difference by talking to me, by noticing something I did well, by genuine empathy. And I kept figuring out that those were the people I was attracted to. Because at first I thought I was uh, attracted to smart people. It was all about being smart. And I do value intelligence, but I realized as I started to grow up that I valued care and love more even than intelligence. That intelligence without empathy and emotional intelligence was really not all that valuable. And that helped me to define myself. It's the best answer I got. Uh, I probably am gonna think about that tonight, Isaac, and dig deeper, but that's how I think I became who I am. And then, so then I had to figure out what did I wanna be when I grew up, and I decided I wanted to be a high school drama teacher. Why? Because when you're a high school drama teacher, yeah, you're teaching theater, but what are you really teaching? Self-esteem. You're teaching kids to be proud of themselves so that they can go forth and share that message with others. That started to percolate. So I did that for the first 10 years of my career. Then I I said, I got to expand my horizons. You know, Jabez in Chronicles says, expand your horizons uh, God says to Jabez, go expand your horizons." So I said, I got to go expand my horizons. And so that's when I went and got my master's of fine arts in directing to say, because I figured through theater, through film, I could make a difference in people's lives. They could see these artistic endeavors and find something about themselves that made them celebrate who they were. Then I said, well, no leaders in businesses do that. And that was by accident was leaders seeking me out saying, no, can I have a piece of what you do with actors? Can you train me to do that? And that's how I got to be where I am today is through people seeing the good in me helped me to form my ethos that I wanted to make other people better all the time.
0: Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Uh, It's a great story about your path and your upbringing and how that shaped who you are. What I like about it is the, the ability to kind of be quiet and pay attention to what stirs something inside of you, you know, what you care about um, and moving in that direction, but not ending up knowing where it's gonna take you. You didn't know you're gonna be coaching executives about communication. Um, and so it's the intentionality about what matters, but then the freedom to just go down that path and explore what happens. So um, really appreciate you sharing that. The, the second part of that, so that's kind of the super objective stuff, the objective stuff um, that we talk about One of the things that, uh, reasons I reached out was this notion of act one versus act two that you have and linking it back to me and caring about my family and making sure, you know, if that's true that I'm aligning my actions with that. I think one of the things that's really hard right now is, you know, I'm working from home. Uh, We're all working from home. Home, life, it's mixed and there's no clear separation between act one, work, and act two, home. Um, what, what tips, tricks, what thoughts do you have for people on still being intentional, bringing energy to both phases of life, even though they're all under one roof right now?
1: Self-awareness is really the key. That's what I've been learning. My secret sauce is, Isaac, is helping people be self-aware. As soon as you're self-aware, you can start to really look at yourself. And so I love what you said about there being no scene between act one and act two. For your listeners, you know, everything's theater to me, everything is a performance. So I call what we're doing right now act one, my business life. Act two is everything else. And I don't know about any play you've ever seen folks or any play I've ever directed, act two is more important than act one. And Isaac, what you said is so, so profound. If I were coming to, to Oregon right now to do a presentation, I love doing that. I'd present, and then I'd be finished, and then I would probably go right to downtown Portland, one of my favorite places on the earth, and I'd go shopping. I'd find a cool coffee shop. And then when I was ready, I'd call Peggy, my wife, and check in on her. Today, when I finish this interview, Peggy's right outside that door. There's no separation between act one and act two. And so, intermissions are really important. Miles Davis says, it's not the notes that makes the music, it's the space between the notes. Well, guess what, in this new normal, there's no space between the notes. There's no refueling time. I turn off this computer, I walk out the door, boop, it's me on my best day again. So when you say tricks, let's call it tactics. And so one is the idea of energy. Is that the energy I bring to you, I have to at least top that with Peggy. At least match it, if not top. It. So I have to do that with intentionality. So one thing I do is when I turn off the screen, I take a breath first. I write notes about you. So whenever our next interaction is, I remember you. I put it into my Isaac file. I take a breath, it's showtime act two. Open the door and I walk out. I don't open that door till I'm ready. And out I go, and then it's time for Peggy. Two, focus and concentration. It's secret weapon number two. Most of us are not self-aware about focus and concentration. And I noticed that in, in an exponential way on Zoom. Remember, we can see everything. Remember when the Starbucks cup appeared in the Game of Thrones frame last year? Yeah, we're all on Game of Thrones now. We see the Starbucks cup. We see it. (laughs) You know, one of my favorite ads right now is a progressive ad. You know, when, when Flo and her team are all on. And I think the character's name is Mara. And she's sitting like this. And Flo and the team say, Mara, we can see you're on your phone. She looks up and she does this. (laughs) Mara, we can still see you. Yeah. Focus and concentration is one of the primary ways of making that transition to act one and act two. Is this at the dinner table? Why? Always goes back, Isaac, to what's your objective? Is your objective at dinner to get as much work done as you can? Or is your objective at dinner to heap goodies on the family so that we grow together in love and respect and we make the most of this time together. Yeah, That dictates where your focus and concentration is.
0: Yeah, the focus and concentration energy, you know, it, it, it is all tying back to that super objective that you have. And I'm curious, um, you know, a lot of these things, they make a lot of sense. And, you know, I will probably be better at some of them tonight because we talked today. But tomorrow, the next day, the day after that, you know, some of these things I'll, I'll probably forget. They'll probably fade how do you keep them top of mind? You know, do you have a process for reviewing your super objective every morning so that all your actions throughout the day align with that or you know, something like that to keep this top of mind?
1: All of us have something different. For me, I have a ritual. I'm Catholic, so I like rituals. So I have a five prong ritual every morning. Get up, the second the alarm goes off, gets me in the zone. I don't wallow in, my wife Peggy, the alarm clock is a suggestion. He's neither awake nor asleep. either get up when it goes off or set it later. It just seems so obvious to me. I get up right away. Two, I do something physical immediately. I dance. I do crunches. I do jumping jacks. I don't do many of those during the lockdown because Bridie crawls all over me and kisses me. Bridie's not my wife. It's a soft-coated Wheaton Terrier. So here I put a collar and a leash on her. We go squirrel chasing. Let's go. Three, I pray. Now, I'm not proselytizing prayer. It's what I need. Some people do yoga. Some people meditate. I need something bigger than me. Four, I vocalize every morning. So this is my gift. I've wrecked it in the past. I need to vocalize every morning. And when I'm on the road in the old normal and whatever the new normal might be, I call Peggy, my wife, and have a nice conversation with her. And if I leave out one of those five things, I'm not near my best day. Now, I have a client in Oregon, Dr. Merrick Quorum, great human being, he told me once that I could leave out all five of those things and still be me on my best day. It's all in my head. So what if it is? It it helps me to get going. It it gets me in that zone so that I'm present. You can't leave it to serendipity. If you notice in my materials, Isaac, I have a checklist. A lot of my clients shrink that checklist put it in their wallet. Some of them hang it on their wall. Some of it, like, you're gonna hold it up, look at you, you big show up. <laughs> See, he's not just pretty everybody, he's wicked smart. Uh, for those of you who aren't from Boston, wicked smart means wicked smart. So the checklist, Isaac, helps you to not try to be too ambitious. What I always say, Isaac, is you should pick one thing, two things maximum, and say, I'm gonna work on this, get this in my muscle, for the next 30 days, and once I get that in there, then I'll go to the next thing. Pattern setting is what we call it in the rehearsal period. So I direct a scene, I block it, then we pattern set it. We practice it over and over again. We might change it up later, but we get that pattern ready. It's the only way you can go into performance is if you pattern set. Structure, freeze, creativity. You don't have the structure, you can't be creative.
0: Yeah, I like it, the baby steps too. I know, Michael, you, you led with uh, your objectives are to, today are to lead people with two ways to uh, upgrade their communication. So I, I wanna make sure to get that as well. Um, one of the things that I remembered from past um, times that we've interacted, things that you've presented are the preparation that goes into communication. And there's, there's big presentations. These would be presentations that we all think about. Uh, you're giving a speech, you're giving a big presentation to the board or something like that. And then there's little presentations, micro presentations, if you will. And my takeaway was those small interactions, those micro presentations for a leader, for a manager, for a parent. Oftentimes, those are the things that are actually more important than those three time a year, pr- big presentations. Can you talk a little bit about that and why that is? And then how you think about having a good micro presentation? Uh, interaction, micro-presentation, what that looks like.
1: Sure. It all comes back to self-awareness, doesn't it, Isaac? So it's a lot of times people will hire me because I have a big presentation coming. Can you coach me on the presentation? I can do it. It's less appealing to the client that comes to me and says, I'm going to have many presentations coming up. Can we begin a coaching relationship? because you wanna work on the organic human being. There should be no difference between me and this formal presentation right now and when I have dinner with Peggy tonight. It's, it still should be the same human being. Now, yes, we adapt situation to situation, audience to audience, but it still should be my authentic soul, my authentic person. And the only way you can upgrade those presentations if it's an organic whole. Maria Callas, the great opera singer says, the opera doesn't begin when the curtain opens. The opera begins long before the curtain opens. So that's why these interactions that we have day to day with the barista at Starbucks, with the person stocking the groceries at the supermarket, they are every bit as important as the big formal presentation that we're gonna do three times a year. All of them should have hot beginnings, hot closes. All of them should have strong objectives all of them should be heighten our awareness about what are our micro messages. You know, it's interesting that you're talking about this, Isaac, because on September 22nd, I'm going to do a one-hour freebie Zoom because all these things right now we need to do on Zoom. So I'm calling it You and Your Best Zoom Day. So I'm doing that at 4 o'clock Eastern time, 1 o'clock Pacific. And it's, what I'm realizing right now is that we have suddenly become TV stars, that these Zooms, even if it's a family Zoom, or if it is your big formal presentation, we have a rectangle to make an impression quickly. So that means we have to have a strong beginning, strong end, there needs to be a story in there, and we have to be aware of our micro messages. What is our lighting? What is our sound like? What is our set? What are we wearing? Do we smile? Do we nod? Do we speak with filler words? Do we speak with different tones? Do we change volume, speed, pitch? All these things are micro-messages. And in order to effectively communicate our authentic self, both in the big and the little, we need to heighten our self-awareness. You know, there's this guy, uh, Isaac, named John Kabat-Zinn. He created the Center for Stress Reduction. And he says this cool thing, he says, The little things, the little moments, they aren't little. When you call someone by name, when you recognize something excellently that they just did, those aren't little things. Those are big things. When you remember someone's child who was born on May 1st, that's not a little thing. That's not a little moment. Those are big moments. And that's what we have to do all the time when we communicate both on the formal presentation and
0: the informal. Yeah, excellent. And for anybody fact-checking, Beckham Nash was in fact born on on May 1st. So Michael is demonstrating why he's the master uh, of this. Um, Thank you for that, it's really excellent. Let's make sure to get everybody the information for this Zoom. Are you on your best day? Because I've heard Michael deliver you on your best day, and it's it's fantastic. It's definitely worth everybody checking out. So at the end, make sure to tell people where they can go to, to participate in that. Um, I wanted to follow up. Those are some good tips in terms of how to communicate, how to connect over Zoom. Is there anything different now that everything's virtual? Is there anything different that either works one-on-one in, in a live environment that does not work on Zoom now, um, or anything we should be doing more of because it's all virtual now. And we need to really sort of double down on this one thing because of how we're all interacting today.
1: It's more of the latter, because a lot of times uh, theater actors will translate to go to film because it's more money. They can go to TV, more money. and. The old thought was that a lot of times back in the day, they didn't do that well because they were too big. Their energy was too big. And they'd bring that to the camera and people go, oh, thank you, don't call us, we'll call you. So then what all theater actors did was they overcorrected the problem. And so i direct a film and audition theater actors and they'd come into the audition and they'd do, hi, my name is Michael Wasser. Today I'll be, I'd say, what? What are you saying? So they thought they needed to underplay. What happens as we translate from being theater actors to film actors is we actually need more energy than in person. Because if I were in person now, you could see my cool shoes. You could smell my expensive cologne. We could feel the ambiance of the room, the windows, the ceiling, our, our energy together. All you got is this rectangle. So that energy that I had before needs to be exponential. The focus I had before needs to be exponential. Eye contact, so I always teach about eye contact. That's a micro-message Isaac, looking people in the eye. So many people fail on that in Zoom. This is dramatically different on Zoom. See, what most people do on Zoom is I'm making good eye contact with Isaac now because I'm looking into Isaac's eyes. Do you see how hideous this looks? So why we TV actors have an advantage is we're trained to look into the camera lens. Often the teleprompter is in the camera lens. Often there are cue cards to the left and right and we're looking in that lens. So what we all have to do on Zoom now is look in the camera lens so that people will feel valued. That's been difficult for most of my client base because they want to look at Isaac, see what he's doing. And so what we're getting good at is looking with our peripherals. That's what TV actors are good at, and that's what I'm teaching folks to do. So that's new. Time is a whole different thing. Remember, you go to a play. Act one's about an hour and 10 minutes. Hour and 10 minutes on Zoom, you're fried. People are toasted. The s'more is overcooked. So what we have to be super sensitive of on Zoom is keeping modules short. And that includes our turn to speak. So the same thing you saw me do in Pacific City, heightening interaction, has to happen more on Zoom. I have to talk less if I'm running a Zoom workshop or I'm doing a Zoom presentation than in person. I have to keep handing the ball over. The group I did in LA today, I did an it was a 90 minute presentation. I did an exercise for the 90 minutes. They were talking at least as much as me. That's the way it needs to be. Otherwise, people doze off
0: yeah, great great tips yeah, eye contact, get everybody involved. Um, things definitely that you need to do face to face, but yeah double down now I think those are great the, the last thing I wanted to hit before kind of wrapping up here is probably the top the the um, the topic or the the thing that was most sticky to me. I'm not sure which rule this was on on the sheet. Um, I've got it here. I think it was, um, well, I don't see what, what number, you probably know which number, but the TSP concept, that has stuck with me the days that I are, am intentional about doing that. You know, it, it makes me feel better and I would imagine it makes somebody on the receiving end feel better as well. So can you introduce TSP quickly and uh, just briefly um, give an example of how you use it and, and the difference it makes in your day to day?
1: Secret Weapons 567, I developed it in 2003. Truthful, specific, positive feedback. Time out. Look at the word feedback, Isaac. It's a compound word. What's the first word in feedback? Feed. First letter of truth is T. First letter of specificity is S. First letter of positive thinking is P. TSP. TSP with a period after it, Isaac, what is that in a simple recipe? TSP. Right. I tricked you. There you go. You, you got it right. I'm going to eat at your house. It's about how we nurture and feed the people who come to us with criticism with that very criticism that we give them on a daily basis. And I believe it needs to be truthful, specific, and positive. And what many CEOs do, especially during COVID, because it's so popular during COVID, is they give TP. Now, TP has been very popular during COVID, but what do you use TP for, Isaac? Get my point? So what I see a lot of you guys do is you give truthful, positive feedback to people. I love you all. You do a great job. I'm so proud of you. Parents do this with kids. Little league coaches do it with athletes. And it's not that I object to it. It's lovely, but it's not what I'm talking about. It's that S that turns TP into TSP that makes a difference in a person's life. I call it gathering beauty. So what we need to do as leaders, as parents, as life partners, we need to go out in the world, gather the beauty, and then report the beauty we see with great specificity. And you're right, we can only scratch the surface of that. On my website, michaelalasso.com, I get in deeply to TSP. And to answer your earlier question, Isaac, that's where people can learn about the workshop and workshops. It's, but if the world did TSP, man, we'd all be better off. And right now during COVID, you, you got to do TSP more because people aren't at the coffee machine getting it from their buddy. They're not at a lunch table getting it from their colleagues. And so you as a leader, if you're communicating on this this screen, TSP becomes critical. You notice yeah. that
0: yeah, definitely agree. I'll just double down on that. Uh, definitely do it. It's definitely needed now. And the S is the hardest part. You know, that's the one that takes some intention. You got to think about it and it, it's not good job and, and uh, doing it with the kids. Uh, I think has been, um, it's great for me. You know, it focuses you to actually pay attention to the good things that they're doing. So um, that's been great. Thanks for sharing your website, Michael. So michaelalasso.com. And uh, when is the, Uh, you on your best day on zoom coming up and i'll just double down on that as well it's an excellent uh, opportunity for people to learn more about this yeah we're doing
1: as a gift kind of it's a preview it's 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 we're touching it on things a little bit so people understand what it is and it's my sort of first day of autumn september 22nd tuesday september 22nd to make the transition i'm grateful that I made it through the summer, that I was able to work and still feed my family, even though I couldn't travel. I didn't know if that could happen. And so it's my gift back. So I want to meet people who have never heard me before or give a shot of B12 to people like you who have heard me before and wanna hear it one more time. So it's gonna be four o'clock Eastern Standard Time, one o'clock Pacific time. Thanks for asking, Isaac, appreciate it. Yeah,
0: great. And again, everybody go check that out. Michael, I know you like to have a hot finish. So before I get to my closing question that I've been asking everybody, do you have anything else that you'd like to share with with us today?
1: Michelle Obama said, be grateful for what you have and be ready to share it when the time comes. For those of you who are New Testament fans, it's basically Mrs. Obama's take on Luke 12. Look, if you're listening to this right now, you're cool. You've been blessed with a lot of things. You're Isaac's client, you're in Isaac's constituency. You've been given a lot. Now is the time to go share it.
0: Great, words of wisdom, thank you. So my closing question uh, that I've been asking everybody is, Michael, when things get back to normal, whatever that looks like, what are you either most excited to get back to I know you did a lot of travel, maybe that's it, maybe not. Or what if you can become convinced that you can actually cut out of your life that you don't need? Um, and you've learned that through this period that we've gone through.
1: Start with the second one,
0: Isaac. I,
1: I wasn't sure that my not being in person would be as emphatic. What people have been so generous with in terms of their TSP to me Is that people have said this has actually been more emphatic than the in person in a lot of ways because of the incredible personal, my looking you at the face with no other ornamentation around. So that was a huge surprise for me that it shouldn't have been. But every now and again, you know, I doubt myself like everybody else. And that has felt so empowering. So whenever this new normal comes, I'm gonna be able to stay home more. I'm, I'm gonna be able to mix it up. I'm gonna be able to enjoy my family more and go on the road. I like having my cake and eat it too. I never understood what's the point of having a cake if you're not gonna eat it. So I'm, I'm happy about that. The, the other question, that's a tough one. What am I dying to do? Because my knee jerk talking to you is I'm dying to get back to Oregon. I am dying to see a Broadway show again. So I, that's why I sing at the beginning, I'm creating my own. You know, it's like, I wanna see a Broadway show very desperately and I'm dying to go back to church and I'm dying to go to the gym so that I can grow up to look like Isaac. I'm fat, I want to build my body again. I'm tired of doing it in my
0: backyard. Help me, let me back in the gym. Yeah, just grab some shoes, go out for a run. That's what I've been doing, so. Thank you, Michael. You know, I've really appreciated this. And I think throughout this conversation, Michael has really demonstrated how, not just shared with us how to be a good communicator or a better communicator. He's demonstrated that. He's demonstrated the intentionality about connecting with people. And so um, I would highly encourage you to check out michaelolasso.com. everything he's doing. But I really appreciate you being here today, Michael. Thank you very much. Thank you, I-